0: I want to welcome you to the new Drag Champ Show. The three amigos are leading this show, none other than Jake Hodge, Mr. Hoodrich, Ryan Gleghorn, and Gary Don Free, Mr. Drag Champ himself. Now, I wouldn't ride to the store with these three yahoos, but you put them together for some good old stories, some racing news, some results from all over the world. Now, that's a party you just don't want to miss, so let's tune in, let's hang on, and let's get it on. I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. All right, with us on the Drag Champ show this weekend is, I want to call him a kid, but he is definitely a man who can get you off the top ball, get you off the bottom bowl. but he is most dangerous when they light up all three at one time to put 890 on the board. Out of Double Oak, Texas, your newly crowned NHRA Super Comp World Champion, Christopher Dodd. How are you doing today, bud?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. How about y'all?
2: I am doing fantastic. We're awesome. We got the world champ with us.
0: I want to know how
3: they got the the whole sign. Are they going to let you keep the sign and everything at home because they they shipped it to your house?
1: Actually, um, Trey brought it with him. And um, I guess, let's see here. After the sports nationals, well, the the few people that could catch me at the sports nationals um, are in points at the sport. They went out, I think, second round at uh, the sports nationals. so. Anyways, it was looking good, but it wasn't 100% done. And Trey actually brought the check and the trophy home from uh, from Houston until they can get the points figured out. And at that point, we were still looking at going out to Vegas. Um, so if it if it wasn't you know confirmed or anything before that, he would see us out in Vegas. So
3: where were you at whenever you found out?
1: I actually just well, I just pulled in the driveway, and somebody said. Uh, that Torres went out second round, and so we started looking watching the results and everything and um, there's a couple others that went out that same round, and so you know we started looking at it, going we we might have actually done it, so we started going down through the list. I think we figured out everybody's points for the top, you know fifty, and
0: uh, <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: yeah, I know well, I mean, I got down to thirty, and I'm like, okay, nobody can catch me there. And then I happened to just glance down at like number forty something, and somebody still had a shot. And I was like, "Well, I better just do the top fifty here, and then kind of spot check a few." So
2: it was kind of weird because there was the season kind of played out weird with COVID. But then right at the end, you had what four races at Vegas for somebody to go hit if they wanted to.
1: No, exactly. And I was like, "Well, if anybody gets hot out there in Vegas, they're going to be out there for a month. So who knows what can happen."
0: Yeah. Most of them be broke by the time it gets to the last divisional. <laughs> you can win every race and still go home with nothing. <laughs> but I mean, you, you've been a player in the eight ninety game in division four since you came out that car. Um, that's no secret. Uh, had a great year. Was it one, two, three, four wins I'm seeing here. Uh, just kind of describe to me, obviously this has been a upside down season for everybody. Um, uh, Kind of describe from y'all's vantage point
1: how it went for y'all? Well, it actually – we got a really good handle on the car at the end of last year, and I ended up winning the St. Louis National and runner-up at the Dallas National. That was just – gave it back a foul. Mm. And, I mean, we just ended really well. And we just decided, all right, we're not even going to touch the car, you know, clean it off, and, you know, we'll wait for next year. We'll come out, and it, it should be good. And, uh, and then COVID happens, we missed Belrose And, uh, so anyways, we ended up waiting until it was August before we went to our first race. So as racers, y'all know, sitting around looking at the race car and not touching it is, uh, is a challenging thing to do when you're thinking, oh, this can make it better. This can make it better. So anyways, we went out to I think Houston was our first race. Yep. and I ended up going out. I think it was fourth or fifth round. And at that point we didn't really have a schedule together because there wasn't one. So we yeah. just kinda started hitting them as we, you know, as we could. So we decided, well, let's go out there for, uh, to Indy before they run the all-star race just to, cause we haven't raced. So we went out to Indy and, uh, won that, and that kind of started off the, the season. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was, I've got your scorecard pulled up here, and it, was like, shows Houston. I'm like, okay, that's normal. It shows Indy Divisional. In Indiana, any other year, you'd be like, why the fuck did they drive to Indy for a Divisional? But that was pretty
2: much the only place you could go at the time.
1: Exactly. I mean, we got that same question. Everybody was surprised that Division 4 guys up there for a Divisional.
2: You were going back for the Jags All-Stores that was going to be a – did you know at the time the All-Stars were going to be at Indy?
1: For the yeah, race? we found out like a couple weeks before that they were planning on doing that. So we said, you know, might as well go out there, make a couple – you know, make some runs on that track and kind of get it figured out for the All-Star race.
3: It's like the Motorplex, but just a little bit prettier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not better, just prettier.
2: Had you been to Indy before? Was that the first trip there?
1: No, that's uh, – I think that was our second time there. So we've been uh, – we went a couple years ago. And I guess maybe third time there. We went a couple of years ago and been ever since. So,
3: okay. So, would you rather win it in the comp car or the, the super comp car?
1: Well, I don't actually drive the comp car, but uh,
3: but if you could park the super comp car, would you rather win it in the comp car or the super comp car? If they if they let you hop in it,
1: I don't know. That thing looks like a party. It, it it's uh it's pretty sweet, and we got it uh, we got it running pretty good uh, last year. I guess it was and this year we were taking it out and we could go we could qualify in the top four just about every race we went to so that was that was pretty fun and um we actually had a pretty good season with it but i mean dad's talking about maybe putting me in it next year here and there at a couple of the the fast races so he doesn't want to get any personal index so he goes well we'll throw you in there when it's like everybody's going 70 something under (laughs) yeah Yeah, let's go ahead and give you the penalty instead of him. Exactly.
2: So you mentioned some changes last year uh, on your Super Comp car. Did y'all – used to not run the mile an hour you run now. Because I think when you first started running Super Comp, you were running like 172 or 4, and now you're in the 180s, right? Yep. Did y'all make that change last year, or was that just some other tune-up change?
1: No, we actually made it uh, I think a year and a half ago. And we came out with the 615 from Rare, and, I mean, it was killer. And anyways, we start, you know, tweaking here and there. It seemed like we couldn't go, but a few rounds at each race that we went to. So we ended up changing everything back four races from the end of last year. And like I said, went out there, I think lost fourth round and then the win in St. Louis and runner up at uh, Dallas. So
2: so when you came out, I mean, like I said, you were not the fastest car And Division 4 is known for having some fast supercars. Yeah. But you drove the hell out of that thing. I mean, you would go down there and you weren't afraid to back into somebody or dump or spot drop or, I mean, you had all the tools in the bag, so.
1: Yeah, we're trying to. But uh, at that point, there was – the Reese had, like, that pro-charged <laughs> – 210 yeah, mile an hour thing. You'd be going 170, you know what I mean? And it was like – you'd look over at 1,000 feet and he wasn't even close. And all of a sudden, here he comes blowing around you. <laughs> but, uh, no, for sure, we got, like, you know, 100 – Eighty-five is pretty normal in Division Four, so it was uh It was nice getting the six fifteen. Just so you know, I was kind of right there. Nobody was really, if they had much mile per hour on me, they weren't uh, just absolutely flying around.
2: So it's a little more fun not having to look over your shoulder so much.
1: That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure.
2: Well, there's no doubt you know how to do it. I could say that.
0: Uh, you know, we talked about you go to Indy, then you go to. San Antonio. We talked a little bit before we came on air, and I'm looking at this. I don't think ever in my life I've seen a Super Comp win and only give 85 points.
1: Yeah, we uh, so we kept getting up there in the staging lanes, and it was like we kept thinking we were late. And anyways, we come up there for first round. They had the whole field there, and I think there was 11, maybe 12 cars. Never seen that in a Super Comp. Where was this at? San Antonio. San Antonio.
0: Which, I mean, to their defense a little bit, there was a hurricane that week that came through
1: there. Yeah, and it was like 108 in San Antonio, so. Yeah, and it's the same
0: week as Bowling Green. Yeah. Where, you know, you got two options. You can go to Bowling Green where there's a water park and there's all this cool stuff happening, or you can go to San Antonio where there's nothing for miles.
2: There's the Riverwalk.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but who would you rather go there or would you rather go to Bowling Green on your way to Indy?
2: I'll agree. Mm. Well, I mean yeah. the thing that was tough was the hurricane pretty much wiped out the Louisiana Mississippi contingent from coming, and that's half a Division Four. I mean, everybody thinks yeah. it's Texas, but I mean you've got a huge contingent of Louisiana racers and stuff that probably were more worried about their homes than the racetrack. So
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, like you said, there was a bunch of people out there in bowling green as well. But uh yeah, eleven cars that, or eleven or twelve. That was uh that was crazy.
2: Yeah, but that was like a back-to-back win, right? You won Indy and then came home and won San Antonio.
1: Yes, correct.
2: It was like, what, a week in between or
1: something like that? that wasn't long. To... Yeah, something something like that.
2: Yeah, so that kind of got the wheels turning after you have been off racing for almost a year and then you go back-to-back wins. You're probably like, all right, this is looking pretty good.
1: Yeah. We actually, at that point, we really weren't looking, you know, too much at, at points or anything. We were just trying to, like I said, kind of put together enough races – just to have somewhat of a season. But I guess at that point, it was still probably changing week to week, so.
0: Yeah, and then you go to Indy. Uh, did, wasn't quite the weekend you were looking for? No, not at all. Uh, and, like, I don't know from the outside looking at it, like, Indy looks like it's, like, a huge risk. Like, if you win it, like, it is really good points-wise. Like, no, a lot, like, as long as you get deep, you're getting a ton of points. But, if like, if you go out first, like, go out early, it's, like, why did I come up here? Like, like it hurts. Uh, then you, but you come back home second round, you go to the double divisional of Dallas second round, and then you win the second race. So I'm assuming like after Sunday, at that point, they already had the schedule all the way out. You had to have some sort of confidence. Like we might have something here.
1: Well, actually we, uh, we developed a problem in Indy, like loaded up from San Antonio with great race car got it to Indy and just had some little gremlin. We've been, we were fighting all weekend and we thought we had it figured out. We, uh, we thought we had it figured out after that. So we start changing a bunch of stuff on the car for Dallas, I guess it was, and it was all over the place. So then again, we changed a bunch of stuff for the second race, new tires, um, just going through basics, spark plugs caps and rotors just to make sure it's nothing ignition related or, you know, tire related. And we ended up winning and we had a really good car that day. And so we thought, okay, cool. We got it figured out. We go to the next race and, um, and no, we did not have it figured out. (laughs) But, uh, so anyways, it was kind of, uh, we were, we were fighting it there for a little bit. And so each race was just trying to, trying to figure it out again. We all, which was probably pretty good because it took, uh, you know, we weren't looking at points or anything, and because we were just trying to get a race car, you know, competitive again. So,
2: and you snuck in a runner-up at the Jags All Star though at Indy, right? Correct. And you'd won the year before, and then come back, and that had to steal. I mean, I'm sure that bar- that burns a little bit, but to to go back to back finals at that event is is pretty impressive.
3: Well. Yeah, I- but- I think the most impressive part about, like, the 2019 version was, like, you drove from behind most of the day. And, like, you, you weren't you weren't low double low, but you were teamed at low 20, and you drove really well behind. And I called a few of those laps. Uh, I think one or two of those – first or second round, you went, like, 174 on the drop. And that was pretty impressive. And then you come back around and, like, you can have the argument your Ray Ray gave it back nothing or you took nothing but you knew where dead arm was at, and it worked.
1: Yeah. That was a hell
3: of a final round.
1: No, it was. So I'm looking over, and he's – I can see him. He was ripping it for quite a ways down there. And I let go, and I was like, that? What? I didn't get it. So, anyways, I was like, we're going to go down here and kind of just see what happens. Either take it by, like, barely anything or, you know, get behind. So, anyways, he was ripping it. And he just got a little bit behind. And then right there at the finish line, I just go, I'm going to take it and just got on the brakes just to snug it up just a little bit more. And, um, anyways, you go see the time slip, and it's triple O something at the stripe. And it's – 11 – little-
3: yeah, 11 and 19th high above and 22 and dead on eight.
1: Yeah. But, like, I, got, I was – But it's like, wow. <laughs> it
3: was it was at the – it was right before the pro session, and I got to be down there, you know, because I was doing the interviews and stuff, which – was either either here nor there right now, but you know, you guys rolling around the corner there, like it was like raw emotion there, like it was like you won the Jags All Stars, which you know you're not you're not too keen to win in you know races with like eight to eleven people in them anyway in Super Comp, so you might as well win that one too, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a, a really cool event. I've you know always wanted to win that and got close. I guess it was. The year before that, I was in the All-Stars as well and just lost a super close race to Nick Falk, And so just getting in the final of the, you know, the following year or uh, it might have been two years later. But anyways, and then, yeah, seeing that final win light come on, um, you know, against against Miller, you knew that was going to be a great race. So, no, that was really cool.
3: You get, you get to the share the stage with guys like, you know, the Tex-Mex and then, you know, Frank Aragona and everybody that's been anything in any super class category ever. And you're like, you know, just a kid
1: up there. Like, yeah, you guys can move over now. Like you and Eisenhower are just wrecking everybody. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been doing killer. And then I ran him at, uh, in the final of Indy, and that's one of those you're going to you go up there for the final, and it's just like, I mean, you set up to be super killer because you know it's going to be a, a great race. Well, the
2: Jegs All-Star deal is pretty interesting because you got to fight to get there, and then when you get there, you look over, and there's seven other bad dudes. Like, there's no Gibby anywhere. There's no, oh, yeah, I want this one versus that one. I mean, you just look around going, uh, yeah, I don't want any of them right now.
1: No, for sure. And then they have it. They throw it in the middle of the race. So it's almost one of those things you have to be in, or it's a, you know, a really good uh, advantage to be in in the national event. So you can make a couple runs before they run the all-star race. And um, so it's just – that's just a little added added pressure.
3: And no big deal. He only races there like, you know, every weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm just saying. He lives like 45 minutes up, up the road from there. He's all right at this stuff.
2: Yeah, he's a national champ this year too, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like, well, he doesn't want a super category this year. We'll just go with super pro. <laughs>
2: that's pretty crazy.
0: Oh, man. Uh, so, obviously, Chris, how old are you now? 22, 23? 24. 24. I missed it by a little bit. You've already at 24 done what pretty much everyone you race with, as all these races have done, or they want to achieve. So, like, what's the goal now outside of trying to kick your dad out of the comp car?
1: Well, I've got a super stock car that I'd just like to get an event win in. I keep getting to about the third or fourth round. It seems like at a bunch of these races, and just I don't it, just losing good races. So, anyways, I that's kind of the next goal: get a get a win in that car, and then yeah, hop in the comp car from time to time. That'd be that'd be fun. So, we'll see.
2: Did you run the the super mod? Didn't y'all run that in comp? Or yeah. Always-
1: when I first got my super stock car, um, we got the motor freshened up. And it made some pretty killer power. So we put it in comp and um we didn't have any, any idea what we were doing with the super mod car at that point. So it was a bit of a struggle, <laughs> but you know, we're kind of getting a handle on it now. Um, it'd be, it'd be a little different and be interesting to put it back in there and, uh, and see how it does.
2: And yeah, the super mod car seem to be pretty popular in comp right now.
1: They do. There's a lot of, uh, there's quite a few good classes um as far as, like a super mod and then some of the slower super mod classes as well. So,
2: well, to me, there's some of the best looking cars in drag racing. Like I'm just hung up with the super mods. So like your car, I love your super stock car. Was at uh, Vegas and saw Justin Lambs car in person. Oh my God. I fell in love. I'm like, I got it. That's the car. I want to run one of those in like super gas or something. I don't even care. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to work on them to run comp, but I just love the way those things work. They leave, they just sit beautifully, everything about them. Yours is as fine as any of them out there. I've, I've loved that car since y'all brought it out.
1: I appreciate it. No, they for sure work amazing. And uh, I kind of want to do the same thing, you know, throw it in super gas, you know, one time. And I always like Phil Unruh's uh, combination with, there with the small block and a blower. I thought that would be, that'd be a blast to drive.
2: He parked oh, yeah. beside us at Houston one of the last times I ran Supergas. and that thing, every time he cranked it up, I jumped <laughs> and looked, it was so different and it just was badass. and I'm just thinking that is the coolest thing ever. You know what I mean? No, Cause it did, sure. it had a blower on it like an LS motor or something in it. And uh, yeah, he had a lot of fun with that.
1: No, for sure. That'd been uh, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun ride for sure.
2: So kind of veering
0: off the racing path for a little bit, for people who may not know, you have a pretty cool fucking dad. Like growing up, Sean Dodd was like one of the coolest people I've ever like ever saw. Cause y'all, y'all were the first people like showed up, you got the motor home, you got the big trailer, you had all the matching cars. Your dad looks like the fucking Godfather. <laughs> uh, what is it like growing up with Sean dad or Sean Dodd as your dad?
1: It's interesting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, uh, it's for sure. Interesting. He, uh, he'll say whatever, you know what I mean? And yeah. he's pretty, uh, you know, I don't even know what's kind of caught me on the spot right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's definitely one of a kind for sure. For sure. But no, we all, we, you know, we work together, we race together. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun getting to do working together and racing together and, uh, you know, I'm his crew, and he's my crew most of the time at the races. So we have a lot of fun. Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I don't know who smiles more. I mean, he's always had just such a big smile and personality about him, and just presence. And then any time I ever see you, you're just grinning from ear to ear too. So you guys, do you ever fight? You ever argue?
1: Oh yeah. I'm Figuring out, I'm trying to figure out all these race cars. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, is it? A, is it like you know? Guys going at her, is it like we had, you know, Caroline McCarty on, her mom, and they, their little tussles were like nothing. They were saying they get aggravated at each other, and we were kind of chuckling going, me and Ron are like, our dads are throwing shit at us or something.
1: <laughs> no, it's not not like that. But, uh, every, you know, you got to walk away every once in a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, he is definitely your biggest fan. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better supporter and, and just, I mean, he gives you good equipment, and he's – I mean, that sounds, it seems like ever since you've been racing, man, he is just right there for anything you need. And that makes a big
1: difference. I'm sure. You no, know, it for sure does. And like there in Houston, we were, we went up there for the, we ended up having a buy run second round. And the, I looked down right before I go to run and there's no air in the air bottle and it was fine when we left the pit. So anyways, he, we, you know, backed up, got at the end of the line, he went and got the air bottle and, uh, Anyways, made the run and the throttle stop actually hung closed when I let go the before I let go of the trans brake button. So anyways, idled it down there, got it back, and we we're sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what we had. It was a solenoid issue, but you know, get changing out the solenoid, getting it re-timed and everything. And he ended up he goes, We're gonna get this, you know, we're you know, running for a national championship in this car. We're gonna get this car figured out and forget about the comp car. And so yeah, he never even showed up in the first round of comp. And um, so, I mean, just does whatever it takes to to make sure I can get down the racetrack with the, the best stuff and, uh, you know, can't thank them enough.
2: So how cool was it to see him win comp at, uh, was it Noble?
1: It was Noble. Yeah, because I
2: was doing some top 10 stuff, and I'm like, damn, I know uh, Chris won the other day, and I kept seeing the headline, Dodd wins, at t-, and I'm looking through the stats like, oh, that wasn't Chris, that was Sean.
1: Yeah, no, that was really cool. Uh, he's actually won that the last two years in a row, and like I said, we've had a good comp car all year. Um, so I, I kind of figured we'd get a you know get a comp win, and he's been driving really well. It just didn't you know come all together until that day. Yeah, I
2: think Sean was racing super gas when I started, if I'm not mistaken. But then he moved to comp, and he's then right he kind of. Super comp, yeah. And then he, he uh, raced that a little bit and moved to comp. And it seemed like he took a little bit of time off. or And then it's we kind of hit and miss with comp for a little while and then kind of played around with some stuff. But since uh, you started driving, he has just been balls to the wall. And you guys have got lots of cars out there and having fun. So you must have rejuvenated him.
1: Yeah, we, he actually took off in 08 or 09 from racing comp. And anyways, he took me junior racing. That was kind of when – I guess it was probably, I was in 890 yep. at that point. And so anyways, we just kind of started going junior racing a lot. We just barely went 1290 racing at that point. He was still racing comp, so we'd maybe make, you know, four or five races a year. And he took off, and we really hit junior dragster racing pretty hard there for a while. And then I got in the super comp car. And after that, yeah, he got his car back out there and top sportsman, I think, at that point. Ran That's a right. couple of years in that. And then back to comp.
2: Yeah, I think he had told me at one of the races, he's like, I can go fast and top sportsman, I'll have to work on it. (laughs) You know, and then, but I guess the bug hitting the, you know, the competitive juices of having to go fast without a breakout.
1: Exactly. I mean, we've always been, you know, comp's heads up. And we, even in juniors, we got to racing uh, heads up junior dragsters. And we just love heads up racing. So just had to get back to it.
2: Yeah. So how did you do in the juniors? It sounds like, Uh, I heard at the Southwest Juniors race this weekend, we were talking about you because somebody mentioned that you used to race in that series and now you're a world champ. And so tell us a little about the days in chasing the Southwest Junior Series throughout the.
1: Those were always fun. We, uh, we ran at that point, I guess when Southwest started, I was in 790, and we raced outlaws too. And uh, we always enjoyed it. We had quite a bit of success, uh, especially in seven nineties and outlaw um eight night twelve nineties didn't go very well, just well, one it's the twelve ninety car, and we you know going four or five races a year, you just couldn't never get a handle on them I, I know, <laughs>
2: you know I'm there, yeah, so I watched around yesterday with the headwind kicked up literally like ten miles an hour, right as the kids were about to stage. There were four kids, it was a semi and they were all twelve ninety thirteen second cars, whatever. Every one of them ran like two tenths over that round.
3: Yeah, it's like, stupid.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's goofy. And the dads all come back just shaking their heads like, what do you do?
1: <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, we didn't have a clue in, in 1290. And anyways, we got to 890. And that was when he, my dad started taking off from comp racing. So went to more races, did fairly well. And then, yeah, in 790, we really got focused on, on it. And uh, we, did, we did pretty well. Won a few championships in Southwest, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: Well, we've made I guess this was our third Southwest race over the weekend, and I love that thing, man. I mean, you're running bracket three thirty one minute, you're running heads up pro tree or not? Yeah, heads up pro tree seven ninety the next minute. Then you jump into um, well, they got quick sixteen now, which is a 400s pro tree bracket deal. So they don't run the outlaw anymore. But they run a quick sixteen, so you know you got kids that are, you know, eleven years old jumping in four thirty dragsters in the in the three thirty. So, you know, and then they go into all run, and I mean, it's just the the variety of of the runs you're making over a weekend are crazy. I'm like, if I could have done this as a kid, I'd have been maybe a decent bracket racer at some point.
1: I mean, sure, you got like you might run four or five classes in a weekend, and you know you do pretty good and. You know, every, each one of those, you know, classes or whatever, you may walk away with 20, 40-something runs in a weekend. So, yeah, they rack up uh, – they can rack up a bunch of a bunch of runs and uh, get a bunch of experience there in, in one weekend.
2: Yeah, Austin's been to four races this year, and he's ran – I bet he's made as many passes as I have in the last two years. And That's <laughs> not saying a lot because my car stays broke sometimes, but maybe I need to get a better crew chief. <laughs> But it is fun to watch them, and then just from minute to minute, you're like, "Hey, this is heads up pro tree." Hey, wait, you're going bottom bulb, and the kids just don't care. It's like, "Oh, what are we doing this time?" Okay, you know. And I just, I think that's pretty cool to be able to do that. We need to try and figure out how to do that with big cars. Maybe we'd all get a little better at that. It's called index racing. It's what, what doing. running five do different now. classes in one weekend. Man, that, I tell you what, that's pretty cool. That was many-
0: Texas Raceway every Saturday night, Gary.
2: Well, I miss Texas Raceway then. We need to bring it back, damn it. <laughs> so when did you did you gra- wait until 17 to get out of juniors before you get into big cars, or did you bail out a little earlier? I feel like you I out earlier. I,
1: to, uh, I guess it was 17. Um, I think I ran juniors all the way through that year, and towards the end of the year anyway, started getting licensed in the big car. I think I went to one big car race and then back to one more junior race, and after that it was uh, – big cars after that.
2: So how hard was it to get back in a junior after going fast?
1: It not really, you know, it was actually kind of fun going down there and finish line driving <laughs> everything in slow-mo. It was like you could take a couple thou, you know, and it uh, it seemed a lot easier um, after after driving the big car.
2: Yeah, I was talking to Hayden Trumbull this weekend, and, you know, two weeks ago he wins the national event in Dallas. So, you know, he's, he's on cloud nine, and then he tells me in the, between the rounds yesterday, he goes – I went a national event two weeks ago, and then I guess she got dropped on my head at the finish by a six-year-old girl. Like literally, she just destroyed me. And he's just laughing about it. But it's you know, it's kind of interesting to see how he's jumping. Same thing. He's, he's like, I didn't have a car to go bracket race the big cars this week, so go jump in the tractor. I just want to race. And uh, and, he, and but of course, you don't know what you're gonna get. You know,
1: <laughs> that's one thing about racing. Doesn't matter what you're what you're driving. As uh, as long as you're out there racing, it should be a bunch of fun
2: yeah, it is a bunch of fun. So
1: how many pools did it take
3: to win a national championships? What well, I want to know.
1: <laughs> we, uh, we saved business with that. So it was, um, luckily we, you know, we own the company and everything. So you can, uh, and we, and we worked, you know, super hard up until, I guess it was August or September, you know, before that we were, we were at work every, every all week and all weekend. So, uh, Anyways, after that, we we just decided, hey, we're gonna take off here here and there when we need to, and go racing. So, so how's
2: the pool business been this year? I hear uh, it's been pretty good.
1: It has been. It's been uh, it's been crazy. I guess everybody's sitting at home and deciding they need a pool. So, um, I guess when COVID started, there might have been like a a little lull there, but we were still busy at that point. Just stuff already sold and backed up. And then, you know, phone's ringing off the hook again, so it's been good.
2: 20, so 2020 has not been too bad for, for the Dodd family, it looks like.
1: It hasn't been.
2: That.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, you got to build your own pool. I took my kid to the hotel this weekend at you know, Ennis, and I'm like, oh, buddy, you know, we can get in the pool. We get there and nah, no, it's closed. You can share germs in the pool and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like you need to build one at home. <laughs> he was
2: real impressed. <laughs> So, what do you do? What's your day job at 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 uh, is it Premier Pools?
1: Yes, yeah. so I got that right. We have a pool and a landscape company, and so just kind of, I typically work out in the field. I'm more doing the landscape stuff now. Um, when I was doing pools, um, it was more of uh, you know designing and just getting plans finished out. And now working out in the field with the uh, with the guys more on the landscape stuff, but still back and forth between the between the companies all day long, just checking on stuff here and there, um, whether it be inspections or or what, you know, just whatever, um, just to get just to get uh, stuff done.
2: Yeah, I, I had uh, I had a friend that's an engineer. I don't know if you have a lot of customers like that, but when his pool got dug or they dug the pool out, he went out and measured everything to the plans. <laughs> like he goes, it's a half inch off over here and it's this and that. And I said, I said, man, leave those people alone. It's a rough hole. It's a rough opening. We're fine. You know, and he, he was just, I thought, you know, so I think of y'all whenever I hear, you know, Fred giving their pool builder a hard time or something like that over some very minor details. Like, yeah, it's, it's not exact, you know, but he, he's an engineer and he had plans because you build it to the, like, Thousandth of an inch. I said, "No, we're not machining engines here, Bud. We're we're building a pool in the ground. We're just it's a cement pond. Just just move on." <laughs> yeah, I learned that you don't give the crews the beer at the end of the day until you want them to stop working. Because as soon as we'd hand them a beer, they built it in the summer, so it's hot. Yeah, you now about seven thirty or so, you go out there and hand them a beer, and for some reason, work quit after that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we just kept holding it a little longer, making them stay so if you
3: didn't build pools and drag race what would you want to do
1: I don't know that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of all we do <laughs> we work and if we're not working we're in the shop working getting stuff ready to go racing and i mean it's just kind of always been that way so growing up dad raced comp ever since I can remember and uh, or he's always raced and so I and mean, it just always seems like we've been in the shop working whenever we weren't working so didn't he have like a Jerry Bickle S10? He had a Haas S10, yeah. Or yeah, a Haas he S10. He bought it from uh, Don Smith. They actually got two of the thing, two trucks, and uh, him and Scott Benham raced those for a couple years and um, and then got ended up getting, I guess after the S10, it was the Cobalt. So Yeah, exactly.
0: I remember growing up and they had the matching dragsters that were blue with the checkerboard that went up them and they had the, S, they had the S10s and then the Cobalt come along. Yeah. So when he
1: first got the Cobalt, I like fell in love. Yeah, that's an awesome car. There was a Camaro thrown in there. When he um, he actually bought the Camaro, I guess while he was still running Supercom, and he yeah. he was planning on running both cars, and he goes, David Rampey does it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. <laughs>
3: david rampy oh, does a lot of things i want to do
1: yeah like win
2: <laughs> win
0: only only your dad would compare himself to david rampy
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so why no bracket racing we got races paying a million dollars to win and you're chasing nhra which there's nothing wrong with but just
1: you're I, talented. Actually, I like bracket racing it just it seemed like and when i first got into big cars that's i say we'd probably bracket race the majority of the time, and we would hit, you know, at that point, we were racing IHRA, doing uh, the pro-ams, just to get two races in a weekend, and then hit a couple NHRA divisionals, but um, then we got more into NHRA racing, and we have three cars we take to NHRA races, so it seems like whenever we're not racing, we're getting stuff ready, but we, I mean, we got another dragster. That we're trying to get ready to go bracket race and uh I just got a got a trailer finished up, so I'd like to go hit more bracket races, but just whenever you have time type deal. Yeah. But yeah, you got a million dollar you got three million dollar races here in like the last couple months and it's we should be there.
2: <laughs> I guess okay. you kinda have to pick and choose though. And you're you guys do run obviously two businesses and then the cop car is not something you just pull out of the trailer every now and again. And I mean, that's no. a 24 seven type deal and even super stock to that nature. I mean, the, the dragster is probably the easiest thing you have to work on. Right.
1: It really is. And dad made the mistake right there before we started having problems. He goes, this thing gets neglected. Do you know what I mean? We just kind of, you know, roll it in and out of the trailer and kind of figure out what we, you know, what we're going to do for, you know, for putting in the, in the lay box for the timers right before we run and yeah we'll run the valves here and there uh, or after you know every race and but for the most part it's super stock and the comp car is getting worked on
2: yeah i like to race i don't like to work on them too much so
1: <laughs> and, I've, yeah. and
2: i've got austin he's taking care of everything on his dragster so i'm just kind of kick back and start it and set the idle and i'm done i let him dial i'm letting him do everything it's uh I'm I'm like, I told him the other day, we were getting lanes. I said, man, I'm really liking this junior dragster stuff. He says, why? I said, man, it's, it's easy. It's stress-free. I just hang out, basically talk to people and do what I do best. He said, well, it's not stress-free for me. (laughs) I'm not worried about you, son. (laughs) You just have fun. Do your thing. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So I told the wife, the last two trips to the racetrack have been some of the most fun I've had in a long time. And I didn't race at either one of them. So, uh, which I guess is pretty good realize I don't have to always race to, to enjoy myself. So mm-hmm. although I want to race. Well, Chris, who do you, I got two questions and maybe the other guys have something, but who do you look up to in the sport?
1: There's a, there's a bunch of really, really good racers. You know, David Rampey was one of them. Just, it seemed like whatever he was in, he was winning, but Ed too. I mean, he's always, he's always had super killer cars and um, he jokes around. He goes, if I could drive like you, I'd have a lot more of these Wallys. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a lot of great racers that I grew up watching, and a lot of them ran Super Comp, which is kind of why I wanted to do it. And I just I've always liked Super Comp growing up, and so that was uh, getting a dragster right there out of juniors. That that was my goal.
2: So how similar was the 790 Junior than going into like 890 Super Comp? I mean, the throttle stop and the speed just changes it, but it's still heads up and you're on an index. Is it, is it similar to you or was it all new?
1: Kind of hard to compare the two. I mean, it's a lot of the same, you know, whatever you learned finish line driving and strategies and everything from 790, you can carry it over, but the speed, yeah, the speed was different. And we didn't actually go 890 racing for, I don't know, it was probably about a year or half a year something like that. So we were running, you know, wide open the majority of the time, but, uh, so that was a little bit different, but it wasn't too bad to get used to. And then once you get into first round, it's, you know, you're, the racer inside of you takes over and, you know, it's just, here we go, business.
2: <laughs> you're pretty good at the business end. So who do you want to thank? Who helps you besides your dad? I mean, there's got to be a list of people. You mentioned Rare, Rare Morrison does, does your engines.
1: Yep. Uh, first of all, just thank my uh, thank my family, dad, mom, brother just helping get everything ready and um, just making sure everything's perfect, ready to go for the weekend. And David Rare and all the guys at Rare Morrison, um, Adam Bowdish and Alan Bowdish at A1 Performance and all their guys in their shop. We, they've always done our converters and everything and uh, we've always had great success with them. Um, Terry Sullivan at Sullivan Motorsports He's actually helped me out quite a bit this year, you know, struggling and everything. We uh, take a laptop over to him in the log book and just kind of goes through there and he was helping, trying to, trying to figure out what we had going on. So I, you know, can't thank him enough for all his help. And same with Billy Torrance. He was on the phone a few times a week, sometimes a few times a day trying to, trying to get it figured out there for a while. Uh, he's always been a great, great help to us. Um, my car used to, you know, was his previous car, uh, yep. maybe two cars ago. And so anyways, just whenever we have any questions, he'd help us out. Um, APD, Joey, and the guys there, keeping, uh, you know, checking in with us and helping tune whatever we need, uh, Goodyear tires, and just everybody else that helps us out, friends that help us out at the racetrack, filling in here and there whenever uh, whenever we need it.
2: Yeah, I met the uh, guys from A1 out in Vegas a few weeks ago, and and they're sharp. They they got the removable diodes or whatever for the converters and the bolt together and all that stuff. And um, talked to Adam there for a while. Man, it's uh, he's been around. He's done some stuff.
1: No, for sure. He's ran pump for forever, and um, and yeah, they've seen quite a bit of stuff. So yeah, he's
2: telling me like he had a customer that went to bristol and they were fighting their new car and he's like hey take the converter out put this diode in change that or whatever and they bolt it back together goes out there and he goes down to the split and one of the 30ks at bristol the million there spring million so he's he's kind of like sullivan he can dial you from from wherever or tune you from wherever so
1: that's kind of how it was with the uh with when we ran the Supermod car in comp, we'd call him during the rounds and send him a graph and he'd look it over and say, you know, do this, this, and this. And anyways, we'd change it and come back and, you know, pick up a little bit and send him another graph. And no, he's a great help. Just yeah. what, whatever you need, he's there to help you.
2: Oh, that's cool, man. You got a good group of uh, companies there helping you out. So, gentlemen, you got anything else for the 2020 Super Comp World Champ? I have one thing. Uh, We talked about the Southwest
0: deal earlier. Uh, I know growing up, you mentioned the Benhams. You're really close with uh, Chris Benham. Yep. And then you're also close with Darian Bosch. Yep. Uh, All y'all kind of ran together, and and the Maitlands and all y'all kind of all meshed together back in the day. Does it make this year a little bit cooler seeing as one of your buddies also picked up a world title?
1: No, for sure. I mean, we were cheering him on, and we've been cheering him on. It seems like it's kind of funny. You know, I want the all-star race, and he won it the same year. And it's actually been that way for quite a few races. He would win a national event. I'd win a national event. And same way with divisionals. We were both in the winter circle down there at Dallas. And uh, anyways, I went out third round at Houston National, and he came over to me, and he goes, you got to keep going rounds because I just went out third round of top sportsman. <laughs> he goes, we, we do whatever, you know, whatever you do, I do. So he goes, we're going to go out there to Vegas and you just need to keep it rolling.
3: <laughs> you got to go no preparation with him in the S10? Oh, I
1: don't know about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to put a blower on one of those cars like oh, he's got.
1: Those things are wicked.
2: Yeah. I actually got to meet Darian at Houston. I finally got a chance to sit down and spend a few minutes talking to him. Man, he's a nice kid and – just so uh so polite and i've talked to him online a ton and just finally got to meet him so that was pretty cool and then you know a week later he's world champ just like you
1: yeah no that was really
2: cool and uh wait a second i talked to you at houston i talked to him y'all both won it had to be something about that
3: and Boehner Boehner just won super gas at vegas so it's I a
2: mean, drag champ and thing
1: and he's it, got the points lead <laughs> i was just listening to that podcast the other day and i heard you know he said he couldn't go past second round in a national event, and then he's out there going around, and so I'm like, he's going to do it.
2: Yep, he did. Definitely. I actually just talked to him. I said, dude, I didn't know you were winning the world. He goes, uh, the points are not updated properly at this moment. And I went, oh, sh-. but just winning the race was pretty cool after he said that because I assumed he had won. I mean, you just see people win a lot, and you just assume they've all won a national, and unfortunately, as many wallies are out there in the world, uh, a very small portion of the racers actually own one. So.
3: I do not want a national. Ryan, have you won a national? I never even entered. Me either. I got I, one. If,
2: There's my lone one right there, Chris. It's sitting up on the. My wife's hit it about as high in the dining room there, above everything as she can. It's
3: it amazing. actually used to be silver, but all the dust has turned it brown. So yeah. hard to go.
2: <laughs> I actually, I think it's coming apart. To be honest, it's been 21 years, but I can tell you to this day, I'll never forget it. And matter of fact, Halloween was the uh, was the. 21st anniversary, so it's pretty cool, but
3: yeah. Boy, all right. Well, we're gonna get off here
2: before we get all sentimental on
1: us.
2: (laughs) Congratulations, Chris.
1: Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Man, we appreciate you coming on. It's a hell of a year, bud.
1: It was. I appreciate y'all having me.
2: Wow, we got a first world champion there of the year.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, that kid worked so hard at this stuff. Uh, it's cool to see it finally pay off. Um, He's gotten close a couple times. I think he's won the division a couple times, and
2: just to see it all pan out
0: he's twenty four and won a yeah. world title.
2: I mean, I, it's think, I forgot to ask him. I think he's won four national events now. Ryan said that.
3: That's what Ryan led with.
2: Well, no, he won. Yeah, he won five races this year and two nationals. But he had won St. Louis like three out of the last four years or something.
0: Yeah, he's he's solid at St. Louis. He's solid at the Motorplex. Yeah. Uh, those, like we talked for a couple of years, you know, like it seemed like Tommy Phillips could do no wrong at Topeka. Then it was Austin Williams could do no wrong at Topeka.
2: Well, Christopher Dodd can do no wrong at
0: St. Louis. That's
2: pretty true. It's fun watching them because they're just a good family. Um, they work hard. They're quiet. They don't really, you know, bother a bunch. You don't hear a bunch of crap. I mean, they just go out there and race and have fun and work on their stuff and just, you know, but he's tough, man. I mean, like I said, I've seen him have pretty much every tool in the bag out there and, Jake mentioned that about uh, Chicago last year, where he's behind in those runs and still getting it done at the finish line. So he's uh, he's not lacking for tool set or desire, and uh, they got nice equipment, and it's pretty cool to see a good family like that getting the championship. So, What else y'all got this week? I've already blabbered enough about our race weekend, so um, not much from it, the CP uh, Halloween bash.
3: There was 180 cars in Top Center. There's quite a bit of people there. Um, it was the Drew Porsche show for the most part. I uh, oh, saw that. Kmart wrecked him on Saturday. He won the, the five and then turned around and won the 32-car shootout. And just brutal. He said, well, I'm not going to get my picture taken yet. He said, I will after the shootout. You can give me both checks at the same time. And
0: I was like, that's pretty pretty confident. And he did. So why does he not travel more? I don't think he – he really doesn't have the time often. I mean, he's he's really – I don't think he can. I'll be honest with you. I don't <laughs> think he has the opportunity. Man, I wish
3: he did. I mean, he's talented. Shabs showed up, got his teeth kicked in. Welcome back to the top ball world, Shabs. Yep, was it? Two take four. Two take four, got him bounced,
2: yeah. Oof. That's pretty funny. Uh, And Ryan, you sat at home and took a weekend off.
0: Yeah, we we had some family stuff going on. Uh, Tara's sister had her gender reveal. She's having her, I think it's baby number four. So they're welcoming in a uh, little boy. So that's cool. And then we picked up a uh, baby Corgi named, oh, I saw uh, yeah, named Rhodey. He is a handful. He is a two-pound poop machine <laughs> that I've I've never really woke up that early in my life.
2: I was about uh, to say, that's changing your sleep patterns here.
0: Yeah, I mean. Since, I saw a Snapchat story at 5.30 a.m. outside. <laughs> oh, dog, I got a better story than that. So the first day we get him We meet this lady about four hours from here, bring him back. Um, He stays first night. Well, 4.30 in the morning, he's like, he's waking us up. Okay. So I go outside, let him use the bathroom, come back inside, get everything stowed away, go back to bed. Well, I get a phone call at noon from uh, Jed. And he goes, you know, you called me at 4.30 in the morning. Well, apparently I just kept, kept my phone open and it never closed shut. And he was rustling around when I picked him up. I, apparently, he called Jed at four thirty in the morning. I had no idea. So, not only did I get to enjoy being up that early, Jed got to enjoy being up that early.
2: <laughs> That's good. So, did you? I just want to know on the gender reveal, did you throw blue? Did they throw blue powder all over the finish line at the Motorplex, like some people no, do? Or no,
0: no, they didn't. They didn't do a Huffman. They didn't uh, pull a Huffman. No, they put like they put some smoke bombs in some pump and a pumpkin, and. uh I think I think uh, her sister was really wanting another girl because when it come up blue, she was like, "Oh man!" So not exactly the reaction I was looking. So she didn't give
2: the Chase Huffman jumping up and down like a twelve year old girl. No excitement. No, I
0: mean obviously they're happy they're having another one, but uh, I think
2: she was really hoping for a girl. I I shouldn't give Chase my. Uh, hard time. He is. He is a uh, big part of our drag champ program. But nah, it I mean, was pretty funny watching him. But speaking of Bo, because that was in Bo's car, right? That he dumped the sheets. Yep. And so, did y'all see the Bo Force one?
3: That, that was incredible. Not sure. I thought that Andy was Lynn unbelievable. Was, I have was, no idea.
0: I think she was Jackie Kennedy.
2: I think so. In the no, red I mean, dress, I mean, right?
3: Who, I don't know who Jackie Kennedy is, but it, I believe you. <laughs> you didn't pay attention much in history.
2: Yeah. you they don't teach that history up there in the, where are you she from India?
3: Like she looked like the, the girl off the crown, the, the queen of England. That's yeah. what she looked like, I don't know.
2: That was uh, pretty epic. So that tops the Dukes of Hazard they did a couple of years ago because that was well, one of the ones they did a great job with too.
3: They couldn't really, you know, not show that. So I kind of forced an HRA's hand onto showing that side of things. So. But the car itself was safe.
2: It was just yeah. Air Force One. Yeah so i think that was tv
3: friendly right yeah and then whoever they had who was it with the theobalds and and overalls and cutoffs
0: (laughs) yeah and then they got austin Williams' uncle
2: sam yeah (laughs) yeah they had
0: hunter patton as some i guess hillbilly i don't know what he was he had a cutoff shirt did
2: you see him in the pro stock car
0: yeah Yeah. that's why we need more rumors
3: yeah we need
2: more rumors
0: we need all the rumors Makes makes our job a little more interesting. It is it is supposed to be
3: a very silly, silly season on the NHRA side, so it'll be interesting to watch. But
2: Yeah, you know like? I actually had some inside information at Houston at the National. I wasn't there long, but uh, I kind of got a little hint dropped that uh, some of the pro teams may be uh, you know, kind of fed up with NHRA, and it almost seemed like they might be doing something on their own. It was kind of a weird deal. Hmm. I don't know. I That's- walked away and I looked at Austin I said – I think I just got told something that uh, (laughs) might be foreshadowing what's coming next year, but uh, it did not seem like all the pro teams are very happy with the purse and some of that stuff and uh, pretty interesting, but you know, look, we all need the NHRA to be successful. We all want them to be successful. We want bracket racing to be successful. So let's all look for the best. Getting
3: it insured and getting it, the rules enforced. That's, I mean, I mean, that's, that's what everybody wants to, you know, throw shade, but you know, at the same time, if they go under, like there's no, racetrack insurance that isn't reasonable
2: that's what i say we need the nhra i mean there's no question um and we'd love to see bracket racing sports and race and all that stuff continue at a high level and even the pros and stuff uh you, n- you need all of that to make this thing work and the sport grow so but uh yeah it was interesting to hear some of the thoughts that were thrown out so anyway that's all i got guys y'all got anything else if not we'll wrap it up Two quick things on my end. Uh,
0: We're racing this weekend at Ardmore. It's our last race of the year, the Old Patch Nationals.
2: No juniors.
0: No juniors. Uh, 4,000 off the top, 4,000 off the bottom. And then we actually had three cars from Ardmore at the World Finals competing on the uh, Summit ET side.
2: Oh, yeah. We got a congratulations going there.
0: Yeah. So uh, we had two of them make the final, Uh, Justin Cervantes and Jeff Heffler. Justin come up a little bit short in the Sportsman Final, but – Jeff Heffler getting world title number four. Wow. Yeah, and uh, no, that's
2: just the ET final number four, right?
0: That's no, it's ET final num- win number three, and then he won the stock world title that one year.
2: Oh, okay, I thought he won two in stock.
0: I believe it only has one, and then he runnered up Super Gas one year. Okay, maybe a long time wins. ago. Um, that dude is bad ass. Yeah, it was cool to see uh, the Hater Maker back. I mean, that's a car <laughs> like like growing up. That's like, OG. Like, that car was, is super nice, but, like, you went to Kendall. I mean, I talk about it all the time. You go to Kendall on Saturday night. Like, he's in at least two finals, it felt like. It's like you just never stop seeing this blue Nova come back around. You're like, holy shit. The
2: first time I ever saw him in that car, because I didn't obviously race in the Dallas area bracket race, but he showed up to Noble in super gas with it one year and just destroyed the field. I think he just missed the final barely. He ended up running up. But I don't even know if he had a throttle stop on it. Like he was just driving the shit out of it. And I'm thinking, Oh, Jeff's just out here screwing around. Next thing you know, he's in the final round. It was like, Okay, he's serious. Yeah. But, I no, see I'm him very one- happy for <laughs> our big time marketing partner with uh Drag Champ. So those guys, uh congratulations to him for sure. Yeah.
0: I seen him win the bracket
2: files in that thing where the
0: door wouldn't close. Just hold the it. latch With the latch was broken and he'd hold it till about sixty feet and then he'd let it go. He's like it's not gonna come open at that point. It's no got the- it's got the stock steel doors on it, so it's a beautiful <laughs> but, car. But no, happy for them. Uh, put that thing in the
2: winter circle. That's neat. All right, and Jake's about to hit the road here soon. Again, again.
3: Yeah, I gotta go to Georgia at some point this week and pick up another Chevy two And then uh, if you're looking
2: for Chevy twos, they're all in Jake's garage <laughs> or
3: shop. There's a uh, two dragsters. They're gonna be at my house tomorrow. Okay. Then I'm going to Carolina Dragway this weekend. There's a 20 and a 10, so we're going there. All right. When are you going to let Easton race again? Mm, 2021-ish. I heard he announced the other day. He actually did, and he was surprisingly very well. He I didn't realize he paid that much attention to what we say.
2: but uh, He obviously does because Austin heard him, and he goes, oh, my God, Jake's son's on the mic, and he sounds great. And So I was like, yeah, oh, that's he,
3: cool. He's listening a lot more Gleghorn than myself, I think, because he keeps saying – well, that's what Gletcorn would have said. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh. You're right. And, uh, yeah.
0: It's because I bought him Chick-fil-A.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the way to his heart. You buy him any kind of food. I don't know how many times we ate Whataburger and Chick-fil-A this week, but it is a lot.
2: We ate Whataburger okay. three times in less than like about 18 hours the other day. Honey butter chicken biscuit for the win. There you go.
3: I think it's solid. Oh, I'm hungry right now just thinking about it.
2: All right. So let's end it now. We'll uh see you guys next week. Yep.
3: Have a good one. See ya.